Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for the gift and blessing of this day of life. Thank you for the hope you have placed in our hearts. Thank you for bringing us to this moment in the life of the church and in Mark's life, Lord. Thank you for causing all these things to intersect in this beautiful and precious way. We pray, Lord God, that you would speak to us today. Lord, that you would guide and direct us to your presence, that you would reveal yourself to us, Lord, in your power and in your majesty. Lord God, and we pray that you would speak deep into our hearts. Lord, not all of us are called to uh, the ordained ministry, but all of us are called to follow you. And Lord, may we hear that call echoed again loudly in our own hearts and minds. And we pray that you would reveal yourself now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Morning. Morning. It's great to see you, and it's an honor to be invited to be the, the preacher today. And very humbling uh, opportunity for me as well. And so I thought I'd bring in a high-speed prop to help me out, right? I brought in this uh, terracotta pot. Now, this terracotta pot looks relatively simple, but it has a flaw, right? And what's the flaw? It's cracked. It's broken, right? So if you were choosing between a line of terracotta pots and you saw this one on the shelf, would you pick this one? Why not? Yeah, the soil would fall out of it. If you tried to fill it with water, it would pour out the side. It seems an ineffectual vessel for what you would want it for, right? If you wanted a plant to grow and flourish inside something, you wouldn't pick this one. It's much too humble a pot for us. It's much too flawed a pot for for any of us to use or to choose if we had our choice of things. And I think that's exactly the experience that we have, that Isaiah has in our Old Testament passage for, for today. He feels a lot like this particular pot. Too flawed. Too flawed to be there in the presence of God. Now in this passage, uh, we are taken to the throne room of God. And Isaiah sees the Lord sitting high up on a throne. And they say that sometimes, like when you're in a very intense situation, you notice some details and kind of fixate upon them. Right? We get almost no information about what God is like on the throne. But we get lots of information about side details, right? Like his throne, it's high and lifted up. And and we have this image of his, the hem of God's robe. Filling the temple, right? It's filling the temple like a flood descending from a fountain or from a source. That hem of his robe is filling up the entire temple. The Lord is also attended by two seraphs. And these seraphs are interesting creatures, right? They have six wings. Uh, With two of their wings, they cover their feet. With two, they cover their faces. And with two, they fly. Even these holy creatures created to minister and care uh, care for that throne room of God cover themselves in the presence of God. And they respond to his majesty by calling out one to another and saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And as their voices cry out, They cry out with such power and intensity that the door frames of this building are shaking with their praise of God. This must have been terrifying, right? In California, when the buildings start shaking, what do you do? (laughs) 
Duck and cover, that's right. You go and find it. And where it, one of the safe places in a room is supposed to be where? The door frame, right? And what's happening in this room? The door frames are shaking, right? There is no safe place in this room. Actually, this is a lot like California because then we have smoke too, right? So you got fire and earthquake, our two most uh, dangerous problems around here, right? The room is filled up with this smoke. But despite their power and their glory of the praise of the seraphs, these seraphs are nothing compared to the Lord that they worship. In the face of all this beauty, in the face of the majesty and power of God and the praise of the seraphs, Isaiah is completely undone. He can't stand there before God like this. He knows who he is. In this moment of being there uh, in the throne room of God, he knows exactly what kind of person he is. And he he knows he has no right to be there. He has no merit with which to stand before God. And so he cries out, Woe is me, I am lost. In the presence of the Lord that he proclaims, the Lord who spoke to him and guided him, the Lord who he speaks his message out to the people of the nation that he's ministering in, he knows that seeing him like this, he is not sufficient to stand there before God. Now his main concern seems to be his mouth, Does this make sense to anybody out there? (laughs) Yeah, I think we can relate to this, right? My mouth, all the troubles in my life, my mouth is so often the one that leads me there. Right? And so Isaiah says, I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. This is his condition. The presence of God has shown him who he is and what his sin is. He is unworthy, and yet he says, My eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. What is to be done for Isaiah? Well, heaven has a cure for Isaiah's predicament. One of the seraphs takes a coal from the altar and touches Isaiah's lips with it, telling him, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed And your sin is blotted out. Isaiah is made pure by this encounter with the coal. It has taken his guilt and shame. Isaiah can now stand before the Lord without fear and without this racking sense of guilt of his insufficiency. Then the question comes from God, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Isaiah, he's been made ready by his encounter with the coal and his vision of the power and majesty of God. And so he responds that he is indeed willing to go on this mission for the Lord. And so he says, here I am, send me. Now, I think we often use this uh, passage for ordinations because of the sending piece, right? We think of fresh-faced priests standing there saying, here I am, send me, right? And it sounds so beautiful and fun and exciting. In Isaiah, we see that aspect of it in him, right? Like a new priest, he is willing to go and proclaim. He has had this transforming experience with God, this encounter with the holy God. He has been forgiven. 
and his sin has been blotted out, and he is entrusted with the message of God and is sent to proclaim it, and he is full of excitement about that. And I think that's an incredible element to grab hold of today in this reading. But I think there's equally uh, other elements that are important to us that reveal to us aspects of the ministry. First, the experience of Isaiah encountering the Lord. This is a part of the Christian life. Our encounter with God might not always be this grand as Isaiah's encounter with God where he is in the throne room of God and, and you have this amazing um, imagery of the, the hem of his robe filling everything up. But we all need to encounter God. We all need to encounter him, to see him, and know that we are seen by him as well. And our congregations and our world needs us to preach and to celebrate and to lead in such a way that when we do this, the Lord fills the place where we are proclaiming him. Our preaching, our teaching, and our celebrating should be so filled with the glory and power of the Lord, so much so that God is lifted up high on his throne and the hymns of his robe crowd us out. The pivots of the thresholds should shake with praise of him when we lift up his name. Like John the Baptist, we must point others to Christ and we must have that feeling in ourselves, that understanding of our ministry, that he must increase, but I must decrease. Now, I think the second part of this is closely connected to the first, and that is the humility to confess that us clergy are not worthy of the honor and the power of the ministry that is placed before us. Just as Isaiah was undone in the presence of God, knowing that he was not worthy to be there, so too, each of us, not only those of us in ministry, but especially those of us in ministry, must remember that we are not worthy of this calling that God has put before us. Isaiah realized this. He saw the Lord who who was before him and above him. And he knew exactly who he was in relation to him. No one is worthy of this honor of proclaiming the message we have been given. This is the plight of each and every Christian. But a minister of the gospel in particular, God's treasure placed in jars of clay. Mark, you now step into this ministry that you, just like the rest of us, are not worthy to conduct. How's that for motivational? (laughs) Right? The only reason that you and I and any of us can is because we have kissed the coal that has been taken from the altar with the tongs and put to our lips. That coal from the altar is Christ and his atoning sacrifice. Because of our encounter with Jesus Christ, We have been washed clean, our sin has been blotted out, and we can now stand before God without shame, without fear, filled with hope and joy. Step into this ministry, therefore, with humility and grace, filled with the power of Christ who has swallowed our shame, who has caused our guilt to depart and our sin to be blotted out. You have been a member of this church. You are my friend and now my partner in ministry. Like cracked vessels, unworthy to hold the treasure that has been placed inside of us. 
May we pour out for the world what God pours into us. Brothers and sisters, may we all grow in ministry as well. This day is not only a day to celebrate and to uh, pray that the Holy Spirit fills and anoints Mark's ministry. It is also a day for each of us to be reminded that the ministry belongs not only to those who are ordained, but to each and every one of us. We are all part of the priesthood of believers. Like Isaiah, none of us are worthy of this ministry, and yet all of us are called to proclaim the message of hope in our Savior Jesus Christ. May all of our ministries, and Mark, your ministry in particular, be guided by God like Isaiah's. May you be sent out in power and grace and joy. And may you and Roxana be blessed as you stepped out, step out into this ministry together. And may the Lord, may the Lord bless us all through Mark's ministry and the way that we take what he shares with us and share it with others. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for making us cracked vessels, Lord. The beauty of a cracked vessel is that, Lord, it does not hold what comes in, but allows it to be poured out. We pray, Lord God, that as you fill us with your power, your grace, your mercy, and your love, we would pour it out into this world, not holding it up like a reservoir for ourselves, Lord, but rather allowing your word and your grace to be poured out in this world. Lord, we pray that each and every person who is here today And those of us, Lord, who are here in spirit, we pray that you would renew in us a sense of our love for you, a sense of the call you have placed upon each and every one of our hearts. Lord God, may we walk in humility. May we walk in love and grace and mercy. And may we serve you this day and forevermore. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen.